0: I just sent you the menu for Taco Donuts at that Donut Palace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going there tomorrow because yeah, Emily's going to some brunch thing with her friend. There you go. Yeah, it's my opportunity. <laughs> tacos, donut—they're also called donut tacos. Oh yeah. Oh god, the Hook 'em Horns things; those are hideous. <laughs>
0: no, I was like, what the hell? Jesus is that? Christ!
1: <laughs> I'm. I'm. That's got to be our picture <laughs> it's this week. Bad. Good morning, morning, and welcome to Little Red Bandwagon, episode number five in a collector series. And this is your safe place. This is your place to talk about and hear about TBTL. We, every week, we go over last week's TBTLs. Uh, we do TBTLisms of the Day, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, this week, we have a guest. So the back half of the show is going to be Lynn Pham, who runs the marsupialgurgle.com site, which has recently been improved even more, and that's where you can go to find all of your drops and clips for TBTL. Lynn has an interesting story to tell. He not only is the statistician for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, but he is also, I think, the first 10, uh, and definitely the first 10 we've had on this show, that had to be shamed into listening to the show. <laughs> um, so... That'll be an interesting story when he tells it. Uh, we will go to his favorite moment in TBTL history, his favorite segment. And that is when, uh, Luke was at the rental car place along with Sean. And if you, if that rings a bell, uh, you know, that was a very funny story and we'll play that clip. And then at the end of the show, of course, we'll tell you how to get involved, not only with our show, but with, uh, marsupial gurgle, you know, to make your requests and how it works, uh, over there. And now. I'll bring in my co-host uh Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello. Christy's been very sick this yes. week, but she's rallied and and she's gonna hopefully get through the show with us tonight. How you feeling, Christy? You gonna you gonna make it?
0: Uh I may. Uh Pape's ready, ready in the um on deck to take over if I die. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> Oh No, no, no. We gotta have you <laughs> screw Pape. So your your segment, of course, is TBTLISMS. Of the week. This is where we catch new tens up on old lingo and also just refresh the memory of people that haven't heard these phrases in a long time.
0: Yep. Two, these two, um, are very special because they both can be found in the urban dictionary. Uh, which is pretty interesting. And the first well, one. Well,
1: did, now, these, these phrases then, did they go in the Urban Dictionary after yes. Luke said
0: them? They're attributed to So Luke someone Urban. had
1: to mm-hmm. write in about it and someone had to second it and it got some momentum with these. Yes.
0: Okay. So the first one is shocky cheese. Do you remember this one? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, it's on the TBTL site. There, there's a kind of a old term sheet. And um, they listed it as a habit or action in which you continue to engage despite the fact that it has burned you in the past. And uh, Luke gave the example of Starbucks. He goes there, he hates it, and then he forgets, but he keeps going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and also there's the additional reason that Howard Schultz
0: Right, run Starbucks. Right. It's so a double.
1: So yeah, that is that is some very shocky cheese yeah. for me as well. I, and I do occasionally have to go there because that's what Emily wants me to get for her. And boy, do I hate it.
0: <laughs> and I would say Starbucks is my shocky cheese. We go there for work a lot. I get a drink, and I take two drinks, and I I just spent five bucks for this, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: So the um the actual term, I mean what it means to us is it's something that we keep going back to like yes. a dog eating his own vomit. <laughs> but what it originally comes from, I mean, what, what Luke was kind of getting at was those uh scientific experiments where they try to see if a mouse or a rat can learn, um, you know, can, how they can process information and whether or not they go back and keep trying to bite the same piece of cheese that shocks them right. over right. and over again is an indicator of, of, you know, um intelligence. So, What's your shocky cheese besides Starbucks? Do you have a a food or like a place that you go or – gosh. Do you have anything? I think
0: literally cheeses because I'm a little lactose intolerant, but it's so good. Mm. (laughs) How about you?
1: Well, I would have to say probably hot dogs because I love to eat hot dogs. And every time, like three hours after I eat the hot dog or hot dogs, (laughs) I feel terrible. Hot- and I always say ah, I'm just not I'm not gonna do it I'm yeah. not going to do it. and then I do it of course
0: hot dogs course. are one of those things, especially because it it's more about the process I mean, it, there's so many different condiments that you can put on it mm-hmm. that it is like building the thing and and it smells good and then yeah, it's just it's not.
1: Well and then and then you realize after you've eaten it what was in the middle of it all, and that's right. a really awful piece of meat and that's right. it's not gonna sit well.
0: Right. I I don't drink that much and I, I've been a vegetarian for years, but whenever I would get drunk in Pioneer Square, I would think it was a good idea to get a hot link, street meat. And yeah. I would get more sick from that and I would call my friends mm-hmm. the next day, who let me eat street meat? Because I want to <laughs> kill them right now. <laughs>
1: Now is that the guy that has the uh, cream cheese on oh, yeah. the hot dog?
0: You have to do cream cheese, cream cheese, grilled right. onions. What sauerkraut. I've been making for
1: Emily lately? She she came back from the airport um, a couple weeks ago, late at night from a trip, and um, while she was gone, I'd been making myself, you know, experimenting with making some different kinds of hot dogs, and I made, I got these really good hot dogs from Central Market, so they weren't that hard to digest. Yeah. And I, of course, wrapped them in bacon and, and, uh, you know, fried them up in the pan. And I put cheese on toasted bun, uh, some cheddar, shredded cheddar cheese. Then when the, when the hot dog's ready, I set it on there and I squeeze it to melt the cheese. Then, uh, raw onions, chopped tomatoes, uh, sriracha and, uh, and sour cream because I didn't have any, um, wow. cream cheese. And she had that hot dog that first night and she's been talking about it ever since. I had to make her two the other night.
0: <laughs> That's just in your normal dinner rotation now.
1: It is. It is now because it was, it was so good. It is, it is good. I have to admit that. But all right. What's the other one?
0: The other one is the chamber and this one's talked about a lot. Um, so the chamber as the definition is a chamber of shame where you go to do things that you're not particular that are not particular bad, but you feel embarrassed to do um in say your living room. Luke coined the term chamber while discussing his forbidden love for the massage chairs at, at the sharper image. He wants one, but the shame requires him to have a hidden room, no windows. So God can't <laughs> see.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does sort of prevent prevent the massage chair purchase because you're like, well, now I get a got to make a whole room, right? You know, it's like that Seinfeld bit when when uh, when Jerry got asked to be in a threesome, he's like, I don't know. Now I got to get all new, you know, swinger clothes. <laughs> right. and, uh, it's just, it's just <laughs> so and you just end up not doing part. it, but right? It's too big of a commitment.
0: The chamber but, is actually is actually a room in Luke's old house. I I saw it. Did you ever go? Yeah, that,
1: it was that uh, bathroom the in the bathroom. hallway. <laughs>
0: the bathroom, very would, small
1: bathroom in the hallway.
0: He would, uh, he would go drinking and gambling or whatever, and get late night. Um, usually, Jack in the Box, right?
1: And- I thought it was Wendy's, but but I'm sure I'm sure there was, was a some, mix, little probably. bit of everything. Because yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, Christy, he Luke in these days. In those days when, you know, this was like the first couple of years of the podcast and he was trying to hide the fast food thing from Vanessa. Vanessa, yeah. He would sometimes go to McDonald's and get two meals uh, or two drinks with the food he was getting so that the people wouldn't know that he was going to eat it all. Right. Himself. <laughs> so, yeah, and he had that, that room and he used to get busted because he, he would leave the Wendy's wrappers in the garbage.
0: Right. Yeah, you have to be smart about the, the throwing away of that stuff too. So it, it was a room, but also it's just, um, kind of a metaphoric place where you, it's, a, you know, this, uh, this goes in your chamber. We talk about it as this music goes into your chamber. Um, they had mm-hmm. a whole segment of what TV shows are in your chamber. Um, so lots of things can be in your chamber. What what's in yours? Mike? It's
1: funny. It's funny that you're talking about different kinds of things can be in your chamber, because uh, Emily has you know a bunch of old phones and some of them have some old music on it that uh, hasn't gotten you know all the way updated to whatever new like Apple products or whatever she's using. But there's one old phone in particular, one old iPad. I can't remember, but it's when Cullen comes home, he grabs it and he he plays music off it and it's music that he doesn't want to put on his, um, <laughs> That's, you know, it's like Backstreet Boys. Yeah, the and, chamber I mean, phone, <laughs> right. Right. Cause he's got all the stuff. He doesn't want people to know that he, he's really into you I know, love from his it. childhood or whatever. So he has like a chamber, uh, iPad or I, whatever, the, whatever device it is, but it is all on that thing. He doesn't want it anywhere else.
0: I love that. You know, it's a good idea. So,
1: um before we get to the uh, news of the week there was a big development uh this week they kind of downplayed it on the podcast maybe they're going to be talking a lot more about it but the the newsletter the TBTL newsletter that's going to be coming out through Infinite Guest it's uh the first one was written by Andrew and there was of course a recap from Stu or Stuve or Steve um or whatever we're calling him I uh, Andrew wrote a really funny blog post I mean I thought it was really good and and Stu is always good. Um, you know, I have mixed feelings about this, Christy, because I am the only TBTL blogger that never voluntarily abdicated. Uh, my blog was taken from me, because uh, I was blogging on com, And when that affiliation ended and the affiliation with, with uh, Infinite Guest started, I was out of my high paid position as the show blogger. And, <laughs> You know we found an outlet here, and I can you know talk a bunch of mess about Andrew here, but i I just have mixed feelings because I enjoyed writing the blog. I think people enjoyed reading it, but uh, it's gone now. I need to let it go, but it's hard what What were your impressions of the newsletter?
0: Uh, well, gosh, so many. Um, like I was telling you, the the ten of the week, that was something that I came in after, and I always was trying to bring it back. <laughs> I was like, right, mm-hmm. hey guys, let's do this. I even had a website that I used for other things for TBTL. And, um, I was like, hey guys, let's do 10 of the week. Asked, um, Jen, like, I bet this would get people driving to the website if we did 10 of the week again. And no one ever listened. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I was, I don't know who Becca Richardson is. So, Hopefully you listened to Little Red Bandwagon. Welcome. Um, no,
1: she was pretty amazing. What I want to say about that first ten of the week profile is her picture was so slick and her answers were so great. It just felt to me like like it was a setup. Like like she was um, uh, like the the picture that came with the frame. You know, <laughs> the the people are so good looking. You just well, I could re- put my ugly mug in this frame, but. But these people are so good looking. They're having such a good time. I might just leave them in there. Right. So, so yeah, that was it. Was pretty amazing. First ten of the week, as we we've, we've never heard of her, and hopefully we'll hear a lot from her <laughs> coming up, just to prove she's real.
0: Right. So um, that I, I'm excited to see what comes. I, I'm sad that they didn't ask you to write this newsletter. I think you would have done great.
1: Yeah, I mean. The thing is that they have a guy on hand who's really funny and really good. I, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, upset that he's writing it because he clearly listens to the show. His, uh, and, you know, he's doing very short recaps. In fact, when I was doing the blog, I wasn't doing much recapping. I would just use like three moments in the show as a jump off for a joke and then maybe tell a personal story. <clears throat> but, you know, that was my formula. He has his, uh, and it's very funny. So. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. We don't want to go to war just yet.
0: <laughs> Plus, we want Stu to be on the show.
1: Right. Stu's going to eventually be on the show. And even though I'm constantly at war with Andrew, we're going to have him, him on the show pretty soon as well. You know, because imagine if Andrew said no, the kind of shit that I, I'm sorry, the kind of stuff that I would give him if Andrew refused <laughs> to be on our show. <laughs> he knows he has to be on the show. But we, we have a lot of Andrew talk to get to. So let's do – the week in review. So Monday, show 1837, How Not to Train Your Dragon. The beginning of the show, um, I know Luke's already tuned out. Hopefully, Andrew, you're still here, but it was your weakest start to any any week of TBTL ever. That earthquake story was super uninspired, dude. (laughs) Make some stuff up, you know? 3.9 earthquake. First of all, why are we even talking about it? (laughs) Right. 3.9. Second of all, if you're going to talk about it, bring something, you know. Tell us your neighbor came over and stole your smokes.
0: <laughs> your cats went crazy. Spice something. it up.
1: <laughs> Come on now. Um, but it did lead to Luke saying uh, he he brought up the pastrami grid, uh, which which was one of the funniest lines of the week. I think he was saying the 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 backups that are built into the pastrami grid are ro- surprisingly robust. That was one of my favorite lines <laughs> of the week. I think Stu sent that one out over Twitter too um, yeah anything about that beginning strike you um, I, I wrote down undercarriage on fire now I, I, I'm not remembering it right now but something about Luke putting too much spicy gold bond on his nether regions or something okay did you
0: remember <laughs> no, that story I don't
1: yeah you probably blocked that out yeah also
0: you know? with all the the fever fever hallucinations and, and listening to the podcast things kind of <laughs> blurred in together <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, I'll try to describe the, the next story better. Luke was doing live wire last Saturday night and there was a kid there in the front row. And I think Luke swore or something. And then he apologized to the kid and then pretty much played the rest of the show to that kid. Yeah. Um, he burbanked it and then he really burbanked it. Cause when he went to, he sat down next to the kid and the kid was like, you know, like when I was a kid, I was the kid who, when they came out with the, bass drum and the ferals and the ice cream and everything, I hid under the table, this kid might have been one of these kids because Luke sat down next to him and all the kid did was start crying. Yeah, I I would have done the same. Why won't this adult stop talking (laughs) to me?
0: (laughs) I'm never coming to this again.
1: Yeah. And and Luke just couldn't couldn't let it alone. It was really a charming story. Um, Also on Monday, Dan Pashman was on the show. Is any of this ringing a bell? Yes, yes he was talking about uh the recent um donut show that he'd done with luke and yeah like most people in seattle when someone says donut shop you kind of recoil because you think of those western co places you know just the starkest fluorescent light and you just you go in and you get your donuts and you just get out as quickly as possible but like People from other cities are like donut. A donut shop is kind of a dynamic part of the world, but clearly isn't in Seattle. Um,
0: well, we also we have two extremes. We have those, and then we have the hipstery, top pot, tape.
1: Right, right. The the four dollar donut, the yes. dessert donut. Yes. Yeah, it's not, it's not your utilitarian donut. I, I almost think those places, the the donut shops run by white people, should be something else. Should <laughs> be a different category because. <laughs> Let's let the Koreans have their business. I mean, do we need to, I mean, they're struggling to make it, you know, Vietnamese, Koreans, all that. Like in, in Austin, they're very clever when they open up these, um, donut shops, the, uh, the immigrants. Cause what they do is they, in, in Seattle, what they do is they'll, they, they have the donuts and then they're like, well, we have other day parts. What are we going to sell during those day parts? So they figure out, what do a lot of people around here like to eat? Like in Seattle, you see donut shops that sell teriyaki,
0: oh. uh,
1: donut shops that sell hamburgers. Um, cause you know, like Herfie's used to be a big chain in Seattle of hamburger shops and the name has been, um, bought and it's been generations since it was just a, a hamburger place. And now it is, um, immigrant owned. Donut shops, but they sell all kinds of different food as well. So in, in Austin, what they've done is, uh, they, they're selling donuts, of course, and then they're like, okay, we're in Austin. What else do people eat? Well, tacos. So there, there's a place that opened up near our house and there must have been two before it. Or there must be two that happened before it because the one that opened up near our house is Donut Taco Palace Three. What? Yeah. Oh no. Emily won't let me go in there. I want to go in so bad. She's like, We're not eating at Donut Taco Palace three. That's Whoa, sure, snob. You gotta go back to Donut Taco Palace two or
0: <laughs> Well what we if it, there. she's scared because it might become her favorite place.
1: It I'm sure it would become my favorite place fast. I would get a taco and a donut so fast. But you know, I think it's clever because you know, why have a shop that's only open for four hours a day? Now we it's it's ten thirty. It's Time to switch over to the tacos. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Have you
0: looked at their website?
1: At uh, Donut Taco do- Palace yes. 3?
0: <laughs> they I sell I not. donuts shaped like fingers doing the longhorn symbol. Oh. You need see, to go they, there. They they figure out what's popular. Yeah, that's smart. It's
1: great. Yeah. Oh, it, it, what do people like here? Oh, they like the longhorns. Okay, we'll sell food in the shape of... A long more.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not um, too big of a donut fan, so I wouldn't know of these places, but, um, and I just have something against spending $5 for a donut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you could get your favorite dessert for that much. You could get, right. get some, some good ice cream for that. So screw that. Um, let's see. What else happened on Monday? Uh, oh, the, uh, the bullying talk started. Yes. Do you want to do you want to set that up? We're going to be talking that about that for almost three of these days. Yeah. What, Pashman told his bully story, right? He did. He um he they were t- the, there was a letter from a listener who uh, a bully from their childhood, I guess, had reached out and Do I respond?
0: Oh, it, yes, it, it was a Facebook because I I weighed in on that. So so this is right. one thing that I'm really liking that they're doing is they're actually getting Facebook involved. They've never really done that before. So I'm excited about that where they, instead of just emails that they ignore that Andrew never writes back to, although he did get a new email address so he can ignore us on two places now. um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) They'll take questions or comments that are on the stents page and bring them into the show, which I, I really like that. So someone Mm -hmm. on the stents page just threw it out there. Hey, my bully, um, Friend requested me, "What should I do?" And I think it had fifty or sixty. Oh, comments. it was a friend request. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Well, it's a smart thing to do rather than do the email thing because if you bring up a thread on the show that has sixty-three comments, it's guaranteed that it's interesting to the people listening. Because if you just pull an email, then you're in danger of like, "Oh, well, maybe I'm a, I'm the only one who's really interested in this one." But it's like a guaranteed, you know, listener grabber if it's already on fire online. So they were going to give some advice to this guy and they got into their own bully stories about reaching out and having been reached out to by bullies. And Pashman's bully, I really liked because, uh, he described the guy, you know, when he was a kid as a meathead. I mean, he wasn't, didn't sound like the worst bully in the world, but he was, he did bully Pashman. But he, when, when the guy friend requested Pashman, Pashman looked it up, looked the guy up, and he's still like doing all the like weightlifting and, <laughs> and wearing muscle shirts and, you know, uh, jet skis. Like, and I think the phrase they used was he was really committed to the bit, you know, <laughs> like, like, like he, can, no one could possibly be that guy, but he's just going for it. Right. Like, you know, I, I appreciated that. They had a good sense of humor about that. And then Andrew said that this, this, struck me wrong because Andrew said that his bully was not listening to TBTL. And that's not true. I listen to every TBTL.
0: <laughs> you listen so hard that you have another podcast dedicated. <laughs> so,
1: Andrew, don't ever say that your bully isn't listening to TBTL because he is. Not these bullies from the past, Henry, uh, Tony, all these guys, that, you know, they made out with all of your girlfriends on your bed. Don't worry about those guys. They're done. They've moved on. Now worry about me. So that's all I got to say about, about the bully. Did, did Luke say anything about the bully on that show? About how he, he was bullied or?
0: No, he got into it more later on in the week. Okay.
1: Um, the last thing on Monday then was the Game of Thrones talk. Uh, Christy, do you watch Game of Thrones?
0: I do. Do you?
1: Yes. Were you caught up when they talked about it? Cause I stopped the podcast. I was listening that night. I stopped it, went to the DVR, watched it, and then finished the show.
0: Um, I was caught up. Um, so the thing is with their Game of Thrones talk is that it's not very much spoiler. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, it's it's more of a take. I mean, you will get a few things spoiled, but they're not like going plot point by plot point because I don't think they or even a lot of people that watch Game of Thrones really care. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it's a different, it's a different type of show. I mean, you can half follow it and still enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And that's basically what I do is half follow. And, and that, that's what theirs is, is that, um, Luke talks about funny things that people are wearing or doing, you know, the,
1: right. <laughs> right. He said he was totally over the Stannis Reba McIntyre storyline, right, which was right. one of my that's favorite so, lines of the week.
0: So funny. And, um, he hates, uh, oh God, what's her name? The dragon. He hates yeah. the dragons. I like that storyline, so he hates it. Yeah, I
1: think I think you're either all in or all out on the, right. on the dragons.
0: And then, and it's funny because his reason is because it's too magical. Um, come on, <laughs>
1: like this show. Well, yeah, and and I think he's out on Reba McIntyre for the same reason because she yes. unleashes she unleashes the vagina monster. Yes. You know, and then you just go like, well, why don't you just do that and just defeat every army? I mean, if you have got the vagina exactly. monster, why aren't you ruling the world? <laughs>
0: and um then and andrew just talks about how it's different than the books so i don't i oh right i don't think that okay any of their recaps on monday are going to spoil the show for you in any way
1: let me talk about the nerds that that worry about the adaptation <laughs> okay you could do a lot worse than hbo adapting your favorite books your favorite book could get picked up by Lifetime. Right. That could happen. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean. So yeah, you're you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some uh, some variations on scenes. You're gonna get some dramatization of stuff that wasn't dramatized in the book. You're gonna get some stuff cut out. But all in all, would you rather it be in the hands of someone like HBO or some other deeper cable network nerds?
0: Oh, it has to be on HBO because I need to be seeing, uh, as you put in the notes, male frontal nudity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, people were getting frustrated after that, after Sunday nights, last Sunday nights, Game of Thrones, because they, they always seem to just, just barely avoid showing male frontal nudity. And, and I think that sucks for, for women. I mean, cause we're, we've long past gotten to the point where we get to enjoy full frontal female nudity, but for some reason, you still don't get a lot of the penis yeah. on, on screen. I, what, why do you think that is, Chris? Is it just an American thing? Why, why can't an, we just look at someone's dong?
0: Yeah, I think it's an American thing. Um, I I don't know. I guess the the twigs and berries aren't as beautiful as the naked woman. I guess our stuff our our stuff's all tucked up inside.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah. There's something anatomical about. But I mean, if it's in the right context, like a sexy context, like uh, I think it was it was getting sexy on that show and. And I forget which guy, but you know he—you couldn't see his front side. But no. I, I'm okay with it. like in torture scenes or whatever. It's like an extra salt on my eyes. I don't want. But yeah, if it's, it's always a sexy in torture scene, or funny
0: it. scenes. <laughs> right, like if, you, right, right. like a what is it? The um, why I—it's escaping me. The Bachelor weekend where they go and and the guy is naked, the Chinese dude's naked.
1: Oh, right. Kim Jong. Yeah. Not Kim Jong. <laughs> no. <laughs> hangover. It's, it's, it's the Hangover. Is, yeah. His last name's Jong. Yeah. But I don't want to turn him into a dictator.
2: I think it's Ken. Yeah,
1: Ken Jong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a comical or it's, uh oh my God, they're going to kill this guy or cut his dick off or something. But you rarely get the sexy times. Uh, Frontal nudity, which, you know, if you're trying to get something accomplished, ladies, I yeah. imagine that's when you really want it. You have to
0: go to Tumblr for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You have to pull out some of those old cam pics. <laughs> All right. So let's move along to Tuesday. Uh Number 1838, feet bags and foot bags. At the very beginning of the show, they were having a discussion about cougars because they, they were going to be talking about the cougar that was loose in L.A., And it's like they were confused as to what a cougar even was. Like Luke used Marie Osmond as his (laughs) cougar. Because someone's an attractive older lady doesn't make her a cougar. What makes her a cougar is she wants to have sex with younger men. That's what a cougar is. Not blonde, not brunette, not cute, not ugly. It's a, a woman of a certain age that wants to have sex with younger men. Let's not get that twisted.
0: Yeah, and I looked it up, and it usually is someone that could be her son, specifically that age difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that that uh, that bothered me a little bit, but you know, I, I was willing to let it go. But then they brought back Dreamcatcher again, <laughs> again, and but they're trying to appease us. I can tell they've changed it into Dream Court, but the problem is they're not holding Dream Court. They're just using Dream Court as the intro, but they're not holding anyone's feet to the fires. The reality, not reality, but it's a veracity of their dream testimony.
0: Oh, like calling out, like, no, you you didn't actually have that dream. Yeah, that's yeah. What you dream want.
1: Court. We, sh- we, yeah, we need to get to the, one of these people on the phone and really, you know, break them down Perry Mason style and get them to confess that they made something up to sound cool. <laughs> um, I don't know, but someone someone put me in there. In their tweet, they someone tweeted Andrew, and that they I was like some part of their dream. And do you believe it? I guess I got a little thrill out of it. I read it. (laughs) Every else, everything else was dream. See, that's the thing. If it's not about you, you're never even going to read it or pay attention to it. Exactly. So, um, they played the Dennis Quaid rant, and Emily and I were talking about that for a while after we heard it. And the thing that struck me right away. That the only thing that really made it seem false to me was right at the end. It sounded like he was slamming a door, and I was like, "What movie set? No, what
0: movie set has a door?
1: Has a door that you can slam within two seconds of finishing your right. rant? You know, you might hear like forty-eight steps across a soundstage, and then then someone pushing through the double the double exit door, maybe. But it sounded like he was exiting through a door, and I'm like, that sounded like a like a radio play exit
0: right well and you know? what i why i knew it was fake is that they how it was reported is he was filming something but no one could tell you what it was and Dennis Quaid hasn't filmed anything in a while and that would have been something i mean we knew exactly right when Christian Bale did his he was where what he was on the set mm. um where yeah. it was when it was we knew all those things and so it just seemed a little fake um,
1: yeah, and the the Christian Bale one, if you just heard it in a vacuum, you would you would uh, you just go, oh, I, who's he talking to there, and what what does he mean about that? You just knew this guy was mad and he was going off. Like the Dennis Quaid one, he was being very specific about these people and that guy, yeah. and these and dopey dick over here. And I'm like, eh, you're getting a little specific about everyone. Usually, when you get mad, it's about one thing. You know, like in the in the Christian Bale one it just seemed like there was some asshole who walked walked in front of the camera right. or something. Well, and in- he was just mad at that guy and the situation in, as a whole, but Quade had he, he was pointing out too many things. Yeah, to why me.
0: why did they give up the the gag the next day? You should they should have played it out.
1: Mhm. Yeah, they should have said that they got his brother to replace him on the set and he was a <laughs> sweetheart. And surprisingly, really on time and just a total pro. Right. <laughs> Uh, what else did they do? Um, another live wire story. Luke retold the story about when he went big dog about the stools yeah, that right. were on stage. Yes. And I got a side with him on that one. Yeah. It, cause, it, you know, it's your job to be, I mean, <clears throat> you're interviewing someone. You have to be comfortable. They have to be comfortable. And if they, if they bring out these, this bullshit where all you're thinking about during this whole interview is like, man, I'm going to fall off the stool or, I look stupid trying to perch on this thing like a magpie. So, you know, I'm, I'm with him on that one. I mean, Luke, I, have we talked about this before? How he always feels bad after he goes big dog?
0: No. We do later (laughs) on.
1: Yeah, it's, he always feels bad. He always, he always has regrets. In this particular case, eh, you know, he, he had a very short time to make his point and he had to, you know, he made it and he got his way and, Everyone, everyone was happy. You keep him happy, everyone will be happy. I don't know. I, I'm not, I couldn't get mad at him about the, the stool story.
0: No, and it would be one thing if it was him and maybe even a, a comedian or something and they could make fun of the stools and, and do a kind of a, a, a thing about it, you know, but a bit, but um, the fact that mm-hmm. they were interviewing a prestigious author, an old timey jazz musician like that's not the right audience for the chairs
1: yeah so yeah I, I couldn't get mad at luke about that and i can't even get mad at andrew for the next thing he did on the show which made a lot of people mad not as mad as luke not voting but andrew admitted to throwing away his batteries
0: <gasps> oh, oh, oh.
1: man the the tens got their panties in a bunch over that one
0: i didn't even know then he described you're supposed to put them in a bucket and save them and take them somewhere. What is that know.
1: real? Everyone, everyone throws, <laughs> everyone throws their batteries away, and nobody votes. Everyone says they vote. Everyone says they they recycle their batteries. They don't. I mean, okay,
0: I, not I all know, of us are convicted spe- felons. Spe- Some of us do Special. vote. <laughs>
1: You special lambs are out there that vote all the time, and and you take your batteries one by one to the recycling center when you're done. I'm not. I'm not talking. I drive to you. across
0: town and put one double A battery <laughs> into the slot.
1: <laughs> I'm talking to the 99 percent of you that don't do all of these things. Oh, we try. You know, we try to vote. We we try to recycle get our batteries, every but we time don't always get there.
0: Fill out the form.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I have a. A big voting story. I'll tell sometime, but um, not today. Someone uh, emailed them. I think his name was Justin. Uh, he's trying to save money and I think slim down for his wedding. Either one or both of those things, and so he didn't want to go out to lunch with his coworkers every day. It didn't seem like that big of a problem, but they they addressed it. Um, what's the situation with you, Chrissy? Do you bring your lunch? Do you?
0: I do both, out? but I just started a job in August and I have before that worked alone in an office for seven years. So this whole going out with coworkers or even friending them was very weird and I was very nervous. And so for the first probably month I would lie like, Oh, where are you going for lunch? Oh, I have errands to run. And I would like sit in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because I, I'm very, very nervous about Making friends mm-hmm. and then letting those people in and are, do I have to like have them in my life completely? When do I Facebook friend them? Right. Like the whole thing was very. Um, I I didn't really know how to do that, but um, I do occasionally bring my lunch and do what they suggested either eat it before and still go, mm-hmm. um, or I have taken it with me to places.
1: Really? How how what what's the most upscale place that you'll go to with your brown bag?
0: Oh, I'm not allowed Will you go like to a, a full
1: service restaurant? No,
0: gosh, no. It would be <laughs> a place where it's eating out or I or I talk everyone into, "Hey, how about everyone bring their lunch and we come back to the lunchroom." So I'll try to do that. Hmm.
1: Oh, you mean you guys go to Chipotle and bring it back and Yes. I'll eat my lunch with you. Yeah. <clears throat> that's or, a good suggestion. They never even talked about that, but that's a good
0: Yeah, or an outdoor um place. Like there's a couple kind of strip malls where there's outdoor seating in four different restaurants kind of in the same area. We'll go to that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like a food court situation yes. where you don't feel weird about walking in with your food.
0: Yeah. But mostly I'll just tell uh, because I can't really take a full hour. Um, so I have to kind of be on call a little bit. So, I usually just say, let's everyone get their lunch and we'll come back. And I have a little meeting space <laughs> reserved for us.
1: All right. So Andrew is vaping. How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, I'm fine with it. If we can stop hearing the story about the landlord.
1: <laughs> yeah, that story was a slow burner <clears throat> for sure. Those guys going back and forth was – Was like, uh, was like watching people in those sumo suits go at, (laughs) fight each other.
0: Um, my neighbors are these three young guys. I think they probably work at Boeing and they're just like young and they share this, this little place and, um, they regularly, um, smoke marijuana outside. And so I could see if they were smoking cigarettes, I would get annoyed. Cause that stuff, yeah, comes into your house and it kind of sticks to the walls. Where,
1: yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, weed. Yeah, okay. As yeah. long as they're not blowing it in my face, right. I'm fine with it. But yeah, cigarettes. Like, even if it's four houses away, you're like, oh fuck those right. guys. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, gosh, the they they did on this show. They started because it was the show where they talked about the cougar. It's where Andrew got his new nickname. Uh P22 is the name of the cougar,
0: right? Yes. And what is with that? There, are it's the same with comets and planets and stars that are named these letters and numbers. P22 what kind of name is that? Whatever happened in naming it. I think
1: they just it? want they don't want you looking for that cat and then thinking it's, you know, oh, well there's there's a uh, snowball. Uh I just saw snowball. Let's pet him. No, they just give it a kind of a clinical name so it won't be cute, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't it's like P it. Is
0: P for Puma? I thought it was just I mean, the name the of the, the number tag. Hmm. Yeah,
1: maybe. So Andrew was P twenty. I don't think he was P twenty two that day. I think the next day he turned into P twenty three, and okay. then he's just been a different one, sequentially higher P. Yes. Every show since. So <clears throat> the only other thing I want to say about Tuesday, unless you have anything else, was they to open the show they played a clip from workaholics which uh this season has made a big comeback it is killing me i actually had to play some for emily she was out on it for like a season and a half and boy is it funny again now okay i'll pick so, it up
0: i'm i i've i'm with emily and i was out for a while
1: yeah just pick up with this new season i think you'll you'll be happy about it anything else for tuesday
0: no nope, i'm good
1: all right wednesday show 18:39 five fingers of funny um, this show brought back some bad memories for me. It was a good show, but it brought back bad memories because exactly a year ago on April 15th, Andrew was doing his taxes during the <laughs> podcast. And this was the time when I started to get Facebook messages from people, email from people asking if that was for real. Is Andrew really doing his taxes on TBTO? Yeah. And I had to say, I, I'm not sure. Uh, if it was a bit, it wasn't a great bit, but he actually, I,
0: cause he they were talking about, it, he actually was doing, doing his taxes. I mean, he would get, yeah. he would get distracted in doing it, doing the taxes. <laughs> right. And
1: then this year, he takes it to an accountant and then they look at his taxes for last year and they find that he's missed out on thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, no shit. He was doing his taxes <laughs> while doing a podcast. <laughs>
0: And I get in trouble for being on Facebook while recording Nerd Out Loud. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> that that doesn't cost Jeremy
0: thousands, thousands of dollars. Well, and right. um, that just basically sums up Andrew's commitment to TBTL prior to this. I mean, he was right. working. He was. Too busy. I mean, he was commi- commuting. What two hours a day he was in that car, mm-hmm. and then. Working from 6 a.m. to who knows when and then just throwing TBTL when he could. We, I mean, there were, there was a lot of talk about him, um, trying to make an eye doctor appointment and feeling guilty about it, going to the DMV. I mean, that was everyday talk in TBTL. So it's another reason why we're glad that he's full time on here. But (laughs) yes, (laughs) I'm glad he gets all that money back that he paid. It was,
1: it was bittersweet. Just cause I was remembering a year ago how disappointed I was that it was happening. And, and because I am one degree closer to the show than most people, they are all, you know, coming to me like, what's going on? This is, this is unacceptable. Well, I mean, I, I know Andrew's not going to answer you, but email him. Yeah. Cause what am I going to do? You know, I got to do my taxes too. Luckily <laughs> I wasn't doing a podcast, so I did a great job. You still have it. to do taxes? So, no, no, no. I'm talking about last year. Like I still, I was doing my taxes on April 15th, but I, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to entertain thousands of listeners while I was doing it. <laughs> um, Luke asked a philosophical question. Will he find p- happiness pre 40? I guess he's like a year and a half or a little over a year away from turning <clears throat> 40. Um, Do you remember this discussion at all? Christy, were you was your mind clearing at all at this point?
0: Um, I remember this a little bit. So Luke and I are—he turns thirty-nine this month, and then in April, right? He's oh, April right. So he's
1: get, yeah, just a little. So over he's a year just now. a
0: little. He's just a couple months behind me. So I always like these discussions. I think that he's significantly more happy and a different person than he was mm-hmm. when we first met him.
1: Yeah, he doesn't seem, he doesn't seem unhappy anymore.
0: Especially the, the last two episodes of the week. It's a whole different Luke than we met all those years ago in Cairo, for sure.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, uh, he's evolving as a person. And, and yeah, I, I think, you know, he's worried about what he's accomplished at 40, but you know, finding your happiness, finding your smile, as they <laughs> said on Last Man on Earth last week is, you know, He's found it and he's happy and they're, you know, we'll talk about the boat excursion later, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I don't think he needs to worry about that. I think they touched on horror movies and I couldn't agree more with Luke about horror movies. Um, I hate them. Me too. And the reason I hate them is because if they're terrible, you've wasted your time. If they're good, you're scared. <laughs> and, that's not really how I want to feel. Like um, when, I re- when I first realized I hated horror movies was I was in grad school at the University of Florida and it was Christmas break. And I had three roommates and they were all gone for the break. And I was stuck there. And it was probably one in the morning. And there really wasn't anybody in the whole apartment complex. They were mostly undergraduates and they were gone. I was a graduate student. Nobody gave a shit, you know, about me. So I'm not going home. And I watched The Shining. And I think I spent the rest of that Christmas break just watching windows, doors, staying away from the tub. <laughs> uh You know, it was terrifying. And I was like, well, what's the payoff? That was an excellent horror movie. The best I've ever seen. Best I ever will see. The upside of watching it, I'm scared. Right. So there's no, I don't understand what the thing is with horror, why people like them so I much. I don't
0: get it. It must be some adrenaline thing that they can't get enough of.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, go ahead and scare me. That's good. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good for the next six months. No more scares. <laughs> Thanks, though. You know, but it's such a huge industry. It's, t- it's tapping into something that, that I don't understand, but, um, Luke, they were talking about the movie Saw without, I don't think either one of them's ever seen it. I've just seen parts of them. Cullen's a big fan of the Saw series. And he was talking about how, how he thought, Luke thought that the, that the guy with the red, concentric circles or whatever around his eyes or whatever um was a puppet. Um are you familiar with Saw at all? Ha- yes. Christy? Yes. The guy's not a puppet, right?
0: I think that in the first movie they thought it was a puppet. Like the people oh. and then he came so, at the end he comes to life like ha ah, or something. I don't know. So
1: Luke may have seen some of the first one and he had the idea it was a, a yes. puppet. And what it reminded me of was if you remember this, if you were we a big basketball fan back when Penny Hardaway and Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal were playing, we're like I was thinking, like Little Penny is just just talking shit at you, making you saw <laughs> off your limbs and stuff like that, it's just humiliating you. I thought I could get behind that Little Penny as as a
0: well, it's a kind horror of like maestro. Chucky, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I like that <laughs> Little Penny.
1: <laughs> um. Oh, the big story of the week, I think. Big national news story of the week was the gyrocopter at the Capitol. And uh, when I graduated college, I went back and I worked in D.C. as a paid intern for a um, for a uh, group of television stations. And I worked across the street from the Capitol. And we spent most of our days at the Capitol. We'd sometimes go to the White House, State Department, whatever – But we spent most of our time in and around the Capitol interviewing senators and congressmen, and you know people are freaking out about this being some protected airspace and how can this happen? The Capitol is huge, huge. There's there's no way you can prevent some guy from rolling up on some stupid gyrocopter, going 15 feet in the air and then crash landing with a bunch of pamphlets. You know there's just no way you're gonna stop nuts like that. But what bothered me about the whole story is that us uh, Americans, it's embarrassing. We don't know how to pronounce it. It's Eurocaptor. <laughs> I think we all know.
0: And you get all on, the lamb you can have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I get one of those Eurocopters? I just want the snack size. The regular size one's too big for me. And, and it's powered
0: it by uh, feta farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it, there's a fart locker in the back where we <laughs> we store the power. Oh uh, shoot! Um, what else? Uh, the the Alaska Airlines. There was someone trapped in the cargo hold, and it was a guy, right?
0: Yes. He's and
1: a, was he an Alaska employee?
0: Well, so that's the that's the issue. I as someone who's very close. To Alaska Airlines have have to say that there was not an official Alaska employee. They most of the airlines farm out their um, their baggage handling to um, Mm -hmm. contractors. So this this
1: this guy had he was like he works at the airport makes minimum wage. He was uh, I imagine he was up on the top of the the conveyor and he was putting the luggage away and then he thought he would just sit down for a second. Took a nap. Or take a little nap? hmm Well, I agree with the, with the guys. I think, you know, when he found out that the plane was taking off, he knew he was in a pressurized cabin, or at least I hope he knew, because there was, like, animals in there, right? Right. Um, just go for it, dude. This is life roulette, you know? Well- Wherever the plane stops, start your new life, buddy. True if you- because your supervisor's not going to be real happy about what
0: happened. Yeah, the the I mean, he obviously probably got fired. Um, here's the thing: is that the people that are baggage handlers aren't enjoying um, flight benefits. They're making minimum wage. Could have been the first time he was on an airplane ever in his life. He might not mm-hmm. know that kind of thing.
1: That they're going to close the close the hatch and take the plane up.
0: No, that it's pressurized, and he might.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. He, he might think that it's not good for humans. The dogs exactly. and the cats can be fine, but exactly. he's going to die. Okay. Um, the The other airplane story, airline story, was the TSA story out of Denver where the, <laughs> the TSA people were giving each other the high sign when a, an attractive same-sex person would come through for, you know – like if you you were a lesbian and I was a gay guy, I would always let you know when the hot lesbians were coming through. You'd let me know when the gay guys were coming through. Was it my understanding of the story? Is, I thought is that, that, that it was got- just
0: it, – it was a, a woman and a man and she would signal – he would signal to her, hey, this is someone that I think is attractive. And it didn't – like she didn't get any on her end. That's how I mm, took the story, okay. that it was all for him. Okay. And – um. Well, I have to say, it is terrible that they were just groping unsuspecting people. This is probably something that I would have thought was funny. In <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the reason it's funny is because it's happening to dudes, right? Um, and and that's okay. And, and they even brought up that that uh, like if someone had like, of course, we've all gotten pulled over at the airport and frisked, and, and I've been frisked in a lot of different situations because <laughs> of. My really criminal history. background. And yeah, there are some people that are real aggressive with it. There are some people you, that you, that don't care and just do a very cursory. And of, of course, there are some people who you feel like, are they getting some out of this? Cause okay. you're really going for it in some places where there's nowhere I could have anything hidden. Um, but yeah, I always like, you know, if someone said, Hey, did, did, uh, officer hack face over there, did he, uh, did he, feel you up real good. And I'll be like, yeah, he did. And then we laugh about it. Um, but that's cause we're dudes. Yeah. And so, you,
0: like, uh, Luke brought up is that you've never had to be worried that someone was groping you right. inappropriately or.
1: Right. And I'm not surrendering any power. This guy's just, he's grabbing my dick. And I'm like, Oh, good for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let it go. And we're moving on with our lives, you know, but when it happens to someone who, you know, is not you know gender empowered as males are yes. or whatever is it, it it's a whole different thing so i agreed with them when they were talking to, about that it wouldn't bother me but i think it's our duty guys if it happens we need to report it because it's probably going to happen to someone who does care and we want them to be believed when it happens right
0: uh, i the you only know? time i've ever been had to have the full pat down like under boob caressed type situation. The lady the Mm -hmm. whole time was just more like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm mortified that I have to do this. (laughs) And she was apologizing. And I just said, ah, it's more action than I've gotten a while. It's cool.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's the way to go. All right. Let's move along to Thursday, uh, 1840 Luke and the Hemingway cat. This is the show that's themed on that. Look at me. guy that had the raccoon. Look like a homemade <laughs> raccoon hat on his head, which I would argue, dude, the raccoon looks like it's curled up on your head, which looks like it's sleeping. Next time, let's have that raccoon facing forward and let's like put some little fun sunglasses or something <laughs> on him, you know? A little weekend at Raccoon Bernie's or something action.
0: When Maybe I saw more that, lively. when I saw that um, photo before I listened to the show, I thought it was just a random internet yeah. picture.
1: Yeah, me too. I thought, oh, let's find a kook on the internet.
0: Yeah, crazy. And then that cat with those thumbs—so weird. It—it it looked like
1: he had a tiny black man had a sh- his hand around his shoulder or something. <laughs> Speaking of little penny, it looked like a little, you
0: know. There should be a horror little movie black about puppet that. Puppet arm hanging around.
1: <laughs> but oh shit! So. They're talking about that guy and Luke's trying to get his picture and he's just not getting a good picture and he keeps having to ask the guy, turn this way, he's trying to get the cat to look at the camera. The raccoon raccoon refuses to look at the camera. Um, Luke, don't ever feel bad about asking a guy who looked like that to pose for pictures, even a thousand pictures, because that's what he's existing in the world for. He wants that attention so bad. I agree. Uh what else? Uh Oh, they, they were, they did Thursday's, uh, show from Safeco Field, which we put out a call on our website, not, not our website, our Facebook page for your moment of the week, some, a clip of the week that you want us to play. And everyone, I mean, we had a lot of suggestions, but a lot of people were touched by Luke's protectiveness of Andrew mm-hmm. when Andrew was telling another bully story. And I think this was the bully story when Andrew went to a slumber party and, He was wrapped up tight in a sleeping bag, and the other guys were squirting him with squirt bottles because they were calling him an egg roll, and they were spraying him with soy sauce. Yes. And Luke got protective of Andrew, and it was kind of a sweet moment. So let's play that right now.
3: So what was I going to say? Oh, but it just adding the one new friend just changed the power dynamic completely, right? When it was just me and Tony, that's one thing. But then when it's Tony, me, and one other kid, and then I'm kind of the least popular of the crew, like, mm-hmm. things just went kind of downhill. I remember, like, camping out, and they kept on. This is a weird joke that I really still puzzle over. I was trying to sleep in my sleeping bag. They kept calling me a burrito, and then they were, no, no. Yes, they called me an egg roll. And then they kept spraying water on me from their squirt bottles, and said that the egg roll needs soy sauce. That, that was that was the joke. Oh, Andrew, that was a shitty night. Oh man, I just brought you down. I'm so, this is why we can't do the show face to face anymore. I didn't realize I crush you with my childhood stories. You look really crestfallen. It's fine.
4: I just am imagining that dynamic. I, I'm reminded of a. You know, it's always bad. It was always bad when you got more than two kids together because, again, this Lord of the Flies shit kicks in. I'm remembering a an incident where me and my buddy Peter Williams were hanging out, and there was a kid who I won't name because, in case he hears it, I don't want I don't want to somehow magnify the sadness for him. But it was like me and Peter would always play and have a great time, and then when we'd get three people involved, particularly this one other guy, there was this weird thing of it's got to be two against one, and. We had the three of us had a rock fight, and this one guy was in the water in Green Lake. Somehow it ended up being basically, and this is so terrible, me, Peter, not really as much as me, trying to like, basically chucking rocks at this kid and him chucking rocks back. But but it wasn't fair. <laughs> He's in the water. Well, that was part of the whole game. Was like, he could he could duck down, <laughs> but we were. I mean, it was it was at least ostensibly a like. You know, we're messing around, we're throwing dirt clods, this and that, but it got, shit got a little too real when he was underwater, and I threw a rock, and then like a hippo, he surfaced, I don't say that related to any weight problem, I just mean, I just watched a video on YouTube of a hippo coming out of the water after this tour boat, so I had it in mind. He sort of surfaced, and right at the moment, the rock was right where he was, and it just conked him on the forehead. Ah. Do you know that
3: I wrote this guy an apology letter like a month ago for this? Seriously? Yeah. This just and it just coincidentally, well, maybe not coincidentally, coming up now. But um, wow, why did why did this just? Is this something that you just thought about a lot? It has always been one of the main regrets
4: of my childhood. Did he write back? I mean, I don't even know if it got to him yet. But um, it was snail mail. Yeah, handwritten. Wow. Yeah, because I feel so and the. Part of the reason I didn't for the longest time was because I didn't want him to think that I was doing it just to make myself feel better, which is always the dilemma with these kinds of things is, am I doing this for my benefit or for this other person's benefit? And I, I finally landed on the, the the theory that for him to know that I recognized that that was a really, really not a good way to treat someone, I, I, want, I, just, I want him to know that I know. And I don't know if that will if he'll be relieved with that or if he'll just be like, F this guy or what. But yeah, I actually... It's very weird we're talking about this right now because I totally did. That's why you got
3: that look on your face. When I was telling my egg roll story, that's what you were going back to. I think you're right. I think that, like, you're probably the closest friend that I've had who
4: has been on the receiving end of the most of that stuff, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so, like, when I... When I hear you talk about that, I just, I just, it, it really genuinely kind of breaks my heart. And it makes me also really think about times. I wasn't a, a big bully, and we've talked about bullying a lot on this show. I've sort of rated myself many times, so I don't have to do it again. But like, I wasn't a, a huge bully, but definitely I could have seen myself in that situation being one of the other kids thinking it was fun to basically fuck with you because you weren't liking it, and because I had a squirt gun, and because, again, this weird. Young boys need to to sort of find what they think of as the weakest link or weakest member and then gang up. It's a it is hardwired into us, which doesn't mean that we should do it, but it's it just makes me sad because it makes me think of the times that I was in the other sleeping bag basically.
1: Luke transitioned from that sweetness to making Andrew crazy with <laughs> knuckle cracking. With the
0: worst part of and the week.
1: It was it was the worst part of the week, yeah. It's, it, it really got dark fast because Luke assumed everyone wanted to hear his knuckles crack. And, um, he, he totally Burbanked that by trying to make, trying to get Andrew to give him his, was it his hand? His thumb. Yeah. So that he could, his thumb. So that <laughs> He's like, Andrew you're going to really
0: like it. I think you're going to love it. Oh,
1: <laughs> now I'm someone who can crack their knuckles, crack their fingers and all that, but I don't do it in front of people because it's rude. It's not. It's not cool.
0: Everyone talks about fingernails on a chalkboard. That is nothing to me mm-hmm. compared to that. I actually yeah. had to fast forward it. I fast yeah, forward yeah, it, it through it, was
1: it. Bad all around. He just brought brought the whole field, the whole Safeco field down with the with the knuckle crack. Yeah, he might, Thank God it wasn't in a studio or near good mics because that would have been uh, a lot worse. I think
0: uh, they might. Um, the Mariners' night might get canceled because of what he did to Safeco Field. <laughs>
1: right uh you're the knuckle cracker
0: <laughs> we've heard Eat about it. you get out
1: <laughs> so um luke the luke revealed that he bullied a kid um him and two other kids were down at green lake and they were on some kind of outing and he and one kid were throwing rocks at the other kid who i mean this sounds like awful options either you dunk your entire head under the water in green lake <laughs> uh, or
0: or you bring blind. it above
1: <laughs> or you bring your your head above water green like can get hit by a rock thrown by Luke so a couple awful options for that kid but you know again Luke felt bad about it and I think he didn't he send a mm-hmm. a handwritten letter to that kid Yeah I really like that This is yeah, definitely Yeah handwritten new letter look. was nice Yeah and and like when you're on Facebook or whatever, you can just dash off a message and, Oh, I feel better now. But when you sit down and write a letter, that means you're sincere and you've thought about it and it matters to you. So here's a lesson to all you people that bullied people. And as Barb confirmed after the show last week, I never bullied anyone. So I actually until Andrew, I never bullied anyone. So, uh, and
0: were you bullied? I,
1: no, not really. I mean, my brother's five years older than me, so he beat the crap yeah, out does, of me on a regular basis. Yeah, siblings but don't I count. I wasn't bullied by anyone in school. <laughs> um, oh, the the last thing I want to talk about on Thursday was Luke said he was talking about the bread bags, mm-hmm. which was from you know an earlier show in the week, and you know he's he had to take his lunch to school in a bread bag, and then he would also have to wear bread bags on his feet to keep his feet. Did dry you ever and warm. have to do that? I don't remember doing that. I think I had waterproof
0: boots. Oh, look at you, fancy! So fancy, Bellevue yeah, kid. Yeah,
1: you just you just take your shoes off and put your feet in some waterproof boots, and and you're good. As long as you don't pee in them, and then you got to <laughs> throw them into the neighbor's yard. So,
0: <laughs> if you had only had bread bags on, you'd still have those boots.
1: I would. I'd still have my cute little uh first grade cowboy boots, uh, and my big toe could fit in each one of them. <laughs> Um, he said his feet were fucking freezing. And then what that led me to was there was a post on the Stens page. And this post happens maybe once every three, four weeks where someone said, the swearing is getting to be too much on TVTL. I can't listen with my kids in the car. Um, I don't know. I'm, we, we beat the guy up pretty good about it. You know, it's, we do you want them to censor themselves. I just don't get this whole thing. Just either it, if it bothers you that much, then either don't listen or don't listen with your kids. Don't ask these guys to do a different show. Why do we want them to ever limit themselves?
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, what I thought was really funny is that he was starting to get kind of beat up at the end, and listener Donnie had, or had just said the day before, I really love this community. You're so, um, grateful to everyone is, um, so nice to each other. And then the next day, this guy just gets, gets pretty slammed. But, <laughs> but it is the case. It, it's just like Luke said, um, you don't need to announce it. Just don't, don't listen anymore.
1: Right. 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 Uh, I'm going to not listen anymore because you're swearing too much. I mean, maybe I send that to you in a message, or, but I don't want to change your behavior. You are who you are. You know, I don't listen to Mark Marin because the first 25 minutes of his show are him talking about himself and he's terrible at it. Yeah. So I, I would never send him a message or announce it on his Facebook page. I just can't because who the fuck am I? Right. <laughs> his fans love his show. It's keep doing your show, Mark Marin. I find those first 25 minutes to be the longest of my yeah. life, but. <laughs> But some people like it, and you're winning at this game, so don't quit like you know Luke Andrew, as much as I criticize Andrew, don't ever stop telling boring stories, Andrew. It's working. <laughs> people love it. Do you have anything else for Thursday, Christy?
0: um nope i I really liked it. I thought that they sounded super happy. um I hope this is a one step of Andrew moving back to Seattle. He just sounded mm. I think Luke even said something about you sound happier than I've ever heard you in a long time.
1: Christy, before we started the show tonight, you were talking about how you thought that this trip from Andrew this weekend, because Veeves was up in Seattle too, was some sort of a fact finding mission and a precursor to them moving back. Yes. How sure of you are you of that?
0: Oh, I don't know Now, now if I have to put money on it (laughs) or place a bet, I would say Mm -hmm. that I'm, 75% sure. And I don't know any background information from them or anything.
2: If you were
1: a casino setting up an over-under date on their arrival back in the Puget Sound Hmm. region, what would your date be?
0: I'd have to know when they moved there because I'm sure that they're waiting out their lease. Andrew doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. someone who would break a lease. (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) right. So I think He's that they a rule follower. Yeah. I think that they would probably wait wait that out. So whether it was six months or a year is That's
1: that's funny that we can tie this up on on Thursday. He is not gonna break his lease and Luke's not gonna not try to run the bases.
0: <laughs> that was my favorite line that's of the week. That's who
1: these guys are. <laughs> yeah, that was your favorite line of the week when, when at the end of that show Luke said, I'm probably gonna run the I'm bases. I'm probably gonna tonight. run
0: the bases. <laughs>
1: My favorite line of that show was about Luke's class envy, and he said he was talking about Andrew's childhood, and he said, "Oh well, you were you were about above ground pools and all the frisbees you, you could throw." throw. <laughs>
0: yeah. That one was filled with perfect lines, and that that yeah. all the frisbees you could throw. Was, I stopped and just laughed <laughs> about that one. It was so great.
1: Yeah, because I imagine just a, a just a entire pile of like watercracker <laughs> TBTL frisbees. <laughs> just being being thrown and then being picked up or th- cast down by the wind within three feet of getting out of somebody's hand.
0: <laughs> or him in the pool actually throwing him. Oh, right. And not even caring, just right. throwing him away. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he's throwing Frisbees for that dog that he talked about that completely disappeared, and we never got an explanation <laughs> for what happened to the dog.
0: <laughs> that they had a horrible- Probably ate one of them Frisbees and just choked. Yeah, probably. What was the dog's name? was No- uh oh, or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Something yeah.
0: terrible. Something
1: that didn't bode well for its future with the Walsh clan.
0: <laughs> Friday
1: show. <clears throat> this is interesting. The boat show, the big Seattle boat show. Um, Camaro Cav uh, and Luke slept in the fart locker on the boat while Andrew slept above. And the show started with them. I think they were in Lake Union or just somewhere just inside the Ballard Locks, and then they piloted the boat up to Kenmore for some reason. There were two uh, marinas there, and Luke said one of them was open at night, one wasn't. Um, this whole mission seemed kind of murky to me. Like, <laughs> Why didn't we call ahead and make sure there was somewhere to park our boat where we could get out of the boat and walk to the street? Because the whole thing was kind of like a Mission Impossible thing to just get in and out of fucking – Sorry. Get in and out of Kenmore, which if I'm going to risk my another felony conviction or uh, getting caught in some razor wire or some electric fence, not going to be for getting into some bar in Kenmore.
0: (laughs) Well, and just this whole thing, I can't believe that Andrew agreed to this, especially because when they – when they said that the last time they went on this boat, they had to be pulled in, towed yeah. in by a tugboat, and it took seven hours.
1: Well, and and when that happened, too, this is interesting, uh, Christy, because when that whole thing happened, they had to get towed. I think this was before Luke had revealed to the tens that he even had a wooden boat. Okay. So the story didn't really make it to TBTL because Luke – he felt guilty about – because the first of his seven wooden boats he bought right after the last tbtl a he thought pe- – <laughs> you know, he didn't want people thinking that he'd taken their contributions and gone right out and bought in a wooden boat. Did I say boughten? God, what an idiot. He went right out and bought a wooden boat. So I don't think that story ever got properly told. But it we're kind of get it, piecing it together from all these things that are coming later. And yes, Andrew was scared about this trip. And it just seemed like – Luke was piloting the boat, and Camaro Kev was doing all the stuff necessary to keep the boat from running into other boats, from, you know, from looking stupid. He was tying things up, he was holding other boats off so he wouldn't hit them, and he got beat up pretty bad. He got a big splinter. He was, uh, his back was hurting. He had to get really drunk so they could get the splinter out of his (laughs) paw. Meanwhile, this whole trip, it just seemed like Andrew was sitting in the middle seat with his purse in his lap. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, did Andrew, did you ever like get those sneakers out of the bag that you brought and take your high heels off and 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 relax? Did you ever, did you ever uh, kick back and
0: enjoy the trip? Well, I mean, Hugh, you can't blame him. I mean, look at Camaro Kev, basically got turned handicapped because of this boat, and Andrew just sitting by and watching it all happen. I say good for him.
1: I <laughs> sure in retrospect it was a great decision by Andrew to contribute nothing to the to the actual operation of the boat.
0: <laughs> I um, boats the, the whole purpose of boats and the whole situation that happens around them just makes me so anxious. That Mm -hmm. this show made me anxious, but I, yeah, it does. I
1: like if you're, if you're kind of a rookie around boats, it's very nervous making because everything's in close quarters and you you don't, you don't feel like you have complete control over the vehicle. Um, you kind of do need a Camaro Kev unless you're an expert to, you know, you need a pair of hands to be pushing off things. So you're not ruining anyone (laughs) else's boat while you're trying to figure out how to use your boat.
0: And them saying that, or I think when they were comparing it to the, as you say, Eurocopter.
1: That yeah, Euro. That's how. That's how most of the world pronounces the Eurocopter.
0: <laughs> the if if something goes wrong in the Eurocopter, you just fall out of the sky. But the boat, you just have to be tugged <laughs> in. That's not necessarily true. I not necessarily right. Last summer, I saw a a boat full of drunk, rich kids have to get pumped of water out that was sinking as it was coming into the marina. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty bad. And that's not free for the uh, cops to come and pump the water out of your boat.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, and and they're going to – I think my dad used to get tickets when uh, he was living on Lake Washington. He would drive his boat around. Yeah, he would get speeding tickets, and yep, I don't know if he ever got boat. a DUI or anything, but, but um, but they will give you a DUI. Yeah. You know, they'll
0: it's board like- your boat, and if you don't have enough life vests, they give you tickets for that.
1: Right, and these are guys who have been relegated to this duty for some other egregious error they've made. On the police force. So they're not, you know, they're kind of miserable and they're going to take it out on you. At least that's what I've seen.
0: Um, uh, from the wire. That's what I've noticed from the wire.
1: In my <laughs> right, <experience. laughs> right. Right. If we've learned anything from the wire. Uh, okay. Here's one thing that I caught today when I was listening to this show and I had to confirm it with Emily to see if she heard the same thing. Andrew was talking about his visit to Atlanta. Uh, I think it was last weekend. And he mentioned that an exchange that he had with his brother-in-law. Yes. Um d- Does he get to do that? I mean, it does. It does provide. I mean, it's immediately clear who he's talking about. But don't you have to actually get married in order order to use the shorthand? I say no. You can use it. I say yes. Okay, but doesn't that imply that you have a common law marriage then? Because you're using the term "law."
0: I think it's kind of a murky situation.
1: Hmm. I say we, we can't let him use it. My ruling is we can't let him use it. And I say
0: he can. I call my sisters Uh, brother. Well, that's because, that's because
1: you're living in (laughs) sin. You're living, you know, you're in the exact same situation. You and Jeremy have been together for like 14 years and you know, you're never going to get married. So yeah, you want to use that lazy shorthand just to be understood. But those of us that have made the commitment that have walked down the aisle and made that very important commitment in our tuxedo t-shirts, we, are the ones who deserve to use that language.
0: Oh, that's what you've earned?
1: Yes, we have earned it. We've made that commitment. Okay. You haven't. You're just a kid. You've only been married once. What do you know?
0: How many wives have you left? Uh Left? Like, literally? Yes. Mm, one so far. One so far, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. One so far. I just think it's And e- probably that's going to be it.
0: It's just easier shorthand than saying, my girlfriend's, brother it's just so much easier and like oh so yeah easier yeah we've been together 15 years I mean it's just there needs to be a different word because boyfriend and girlfriend seems so junior high it just yeah, there needs to be something true. else
1: and then when you say partner everyone thinks you're gay right. it's like, wait you're gay for Jeremy what what's going on
0: there yeah. well he does have a vagina so <laughs>
1: uh, people are pretty fascinated with Jeremy's private parts. I'm not among them, but there are lots of people that are super fascinated.
0: They're, and they're usually, as, as Jeremy said women. today,
1: because it was sunny out in Seattle, skies out, thighs out. That man will. He does I not. I wish adequately he was I wish he was joking. Let's just say that. Yeah. He gets those toned thighs out anytime he, he possibly <laughs> can. All right, we've, we've uh we've we've bored everyone enough for now. Let's. Go ahead and uh, wrap this up, and we'll go to the interview segment of the show.
0: Welcome, Lynn. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for uh, having me, guys.
1: Lynn, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. I have a lot of questions for you, but uh, we'll let Christy have at you first. I get to go first.
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) the nice one. I'm the nice one. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: So, um, my day job, I'm a systems engineer, uh, for a software company. Um, I've been doing IT for half my life now, I think. Um, so, you know, computer software, it all really comes into play. And, uh, you know, that's given me the, uh, the ability to, you know, stand up a, the marsupial gurgle site. Yes. Um, as well as the wait, wait, don't tell me stats page. Um that I uh manage and uh maintain and that's actually how I met Luke.
0: Okay. Yeah, and where do you live?
2: Um I live in Beaverton, Oregon.
0: Okay, because I met you in Seattle.
2: Yeah. So I uh uh I went, came up to Seattle. I've actually been up there uh, a number of times. You know, either to see Luke or T V or whatnot. You know, I'm willing to head up there. It's not that bad of a drive.
1: Lynn, let me just make a wild guess. And and you heard about TBTL on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me.
2: Exactly. It was after Luke came back on as a panelist after leaving um, his little uh, gig, Bryant Park Project, I believe, where Peter Sagal introduced him as the host of TBTL. You know, I kind of didn't really know what it was, and you know, at that time I had many other things going on. Uh, so I didn't really have the chance to really check it out. And I think it was still, uh, radio for a while. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, I really met him when he started guest hosting Livewire, um, that I actually started to, um, kind of get interested in the podcast. And then he actually sha- kind of, he kind of changed me a little bit, um, at one of their luncheons. Um, he goes, so, uh, have you heard of or listened to TBTL? And I, sheepishly said, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it took me a little while to actually get s- started listening. Um, you know, it's what hooked you. Um, so, you know, what really hooked me about the show was I-, I just like the way that Luke's voice, the way he comes off and, you know, the way that he kind of peppers Andrew with, you know, random, you know, just random quips, random thoughts and just having, or, cause I kind of have a, Almost like I have a connection with Andrew I'm kind of an introvert mm-hmm. um, that's right you know I I, I kind of have some of the mannerisms that he has I love Pastrami mm-hmm. so I guess that really really helps
1: <laughs> I think I think we do as listeners we project ourselves into one of them or the other yes some you know some yeah. of us you know more Luke than Andrew some of us more Andrew than Luke but but yeah you do <laughs> kind of and I think that's why I fall into the pattern of kind of bullying Andrew on this show it's just i'm a luke you know (laughs) what
2: can i say yeah and i you know we we absolutely enjoy that i mean that you know both you know luke and andrew each have you know their their own way of doing uh, of just being themselves on the show that you know makes it so enjoyable to listen to i mean even when i'm in the worst mood in the world just hearing you know the the first strains of uh um, catch-by-disease will perk me up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, before we get uh, into the TBTL and, and your clip, let's talk about um, the wait, wait, don't tell me stats thing for a minute. This is the question I really wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you've ever covered it on the Stents page or somewhere where I just haven't seen it. And that is, how does Luke rank all-time in the stats on the on that game show?
2: Um. Not as good as, you know, I mean, the, Adam Felber, Roxanne Roberts, you know, they're basically, and Charlie Pierce are basically the, the powerhouses when it comes to, Mm -hmm. wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, you know, they've been on the show for a, you know, for quite a while. So they know they're basically always in rhythm. Um, I think Luke kind of sits, you know, if we're going to look at the, um, I don't think he's in the top 10. I think he's probably. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, of the regulars, keep in mind, you know, you've got quite a number of, uh, regular panelists now. Um, you know, with the recent additions right. of, uh, Peter Gross, Miles Shabrani, uh, Faith Saley. I mean, she's, so she's a champion.
1: Lynn, I don't know if, uh, you're familiar with like how baseball stats are compiled, but, um, your batting average—you can—you can be—you can, be, can have the highest batting average in the league, but if you don't have enough at bats, you don't qualify to to win that award. Like, so you're talking about there's a there's a level of appearances on wait wait don't tell me that makes your stats sort of qualified sort of we have enough of a sample size to know whether you're good or whether you suck at the at the games.
2: Um, I'm not really sure if it's that. I think it's more of they might be a lot more well-prepared going on to the show. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, I, I mean, said
1: suck when I should have said unprepared.
2: <laughs> I mean, we know that, you know, Paula Poundstone is, you know, she's notoriously been known to score or answer zero questions correctly <laughs> right. in the lightning sure. round. And, you know, that's you know that that that's all in, you know in part of preparation but you know you you also have you know Luke Mo Paula you know which by the way are my trifecta when it comes to the panel mm-hmm. um you know they play on to their comedic nature um particularly yeah, Paula yeah
1: it's yeah they're not as concerned about winning cuz they they're just looking for opportunities to get a good joke off mm mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, that's, you know, if we look at some of the numbers for Luke and I know he's probably not going to be listening, so I could do a little stat shaming of him. <laughs>
1: yeah, let him uh, have
2: it. So his lowest score is eight and his max score is 19. Eight. Now, eight, eight. Eight. I mean, Holy
1: cow, that's terrible.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as two or four. But, don't you you get
1: six just for signing your name correctly on your, (laughs) on
2: your badge? I think, well, I mean, the thing that throws a lot of people off is really the, um, bluff the listener. That's the one that you can't really depend on getting a point on. Mm -hmm. Whereas the actual panelist questions between each of the major segments, you know, there's a very good chance that you get two, three correct and they will give you so many hints and, I think a lot of that gets edited out. I mean, I've been to probably what five live tapings now, and they will. I mean, they will end up asking five, maybe six panel questions.
1: Oh, I see.
2: And they usually cut it down to one or two per panel segment. So when you go and listen to the beginning of Lightning Round, you'll you'll hear like Luke has three points, Paula has one, Moraka has one. And if you go through and add up what you hear on the podcast or on the radio, mm-hmm. Luke may have only answered one right. <laughs> does that
1: drive you crazy as someone who's so into those stats? Does it, when I does it first, feel like they're false?
2: <laughs> when I first listened to the show and started doing stats, I was scratching my head big time. Yeah. Um, but – after going to my first live taping in Portland, that's when everything clicked together. It's like, oh, they're asking X questions. We only get two. I mean, the other thing is, you know, you've, they've got to fit everything into about 44 minutes. Mm-hmm. A, a taping of live, I'm uh, sorry, of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me can take 90 minutes or even two hours. Um, the famous one was, well, at least to me, the uh, the time when they had simon amstel a uh, british comedian on the panel there were just you know things stretched out to the point where it almost lasted two hours and you know a lot of it was simon doing his bit and all that but you <laughs> was know was he
1: doing like part bits of his stand-up routine or
2: no 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 he I th- you know if you watch his stand-up he kind of has a certain um uh, he plays a certain character he plays a certain you know he kind of he may play dumb, even though he's smart as all. Get out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he played that on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, mm. you know, things that you and I would consider to be even as, you know, even if, you know, we were British, born British and came to the U.S., there are things that w- you would at least learn from, you know, watching shows or, you know, just even reading Hollywood Report, you know, right. that you would know about. But the way he came about it and a lot of the questions got cut. Right. Um, you know, he's just, you know, he, he kind of played down. I think he did it to pull laughs from the audience. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Well, Lynn, here's my last question on, on this. And I'll give it back to you, Chris, so you can talk about TVTL. But wait, wait, don't tell me. It's just such a great show and I don't give a damn about TVTL anymore. <laughs> just kidding. Um, oh. No. Um, you go to the live taping and you see all these questions asked and they get some wrong, some right. And... At the end, when you hear the the final version on the radio, they have a certain score that they've worked up. When you go to the tapings and then you go to enter your stats, do you enter your stats or do you enter their
2: stats? So um when I go to live taping, I actually usually have a notebook or notepad with me, and I will actually check off every time they've answered correctly or when they missed a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and of the... Um, five that I've gone to, I think three of them have been, have jived with everything that's happened. Um, mm-hmm. the time that I went to New York city for the Cinecast event, they were off by one, I think. And then the one that I went to, to Washington DC for Carl Castle's farewell, which by the way, Luke missed and two, wi- two seats in the front row were wide open. Uh, so, mm, uh,
0: that's awkward.
2: Just a little bit. Um, he, he did go to the after-show party, though. So I'll give him that. Um, so so you
1: know, uh, do you make an asterisk on your spreadsheet and just note yes. that, okay.
2: Yeah, so that basically, so if you go to, if you look at a, um, a show on there, I will actually have a field for, you know, what the segments are on the show. And usually right below that, if there is something, I will call it out. I mean, things like, um, you know, where Peter will say, you know, someone is in first place, but they're gonna, they're going third or, or Mm -hmm. or they're third place, but they're going third. Although they're supposed to go first. So yeah, there are times where I will call out the show and Mm kind of like whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter ish.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) It's laugh laughs that we're going for,
2: but there's, they sort of matter to me. But, you know, then again, I'm just a stats kind of guy. Christy,
1: before we get to the clip, I want to ask Lynn one more question. And, and this one, um, the com. this is, you know, it's a treasure trove of, of drops and clips, and we've been using it for our purposes. So thank yes, you very much. Yes, yes, it's really been great.
2: It. Yeah, I, I'm glad you guys are using it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty humbled how, you know, Every time somebody, you know, emails me or sends me a message on Facebook of, you know, I've been, you know, been on the site for hours, just, you know, having fun. (laughs) And of course, you know, not making the 11, their 11s very happy, but, you know, I, I, am I'm, I'm humbled that, you know, it's actually grown, uh, and has been part of TBTL lore.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. But anyway, Christy, let's get to why we're here.
0: Okay. Well, um, can I ask him some questions? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. First, have you ever gone to Chicago to see Wait Wait?
2: I've gone to Chicago once, and that was when uh, Simon Amstell was on the panel. Um, it was, I think, July, so it was just horrible heat, horrible <laughs> humidity, but it was so worth it.
0: And then, did you? I know you're a relatively new ten, about a year. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear the story about when um, Wait Wait came to Seattle?
2: Um, they've been to Seattle, I think two or three times now.
0: The, this is one where, uh, Susie Burbank was in the audience and she got really upset that they called, they did the, you know, they say Luke when he comes out and they thought they were booing him and she got really upset about it.
2: <laughs> Shot some I, arrows at some people. She got really wow. upset. <laughs> I, I think I've heard it maybe, you know, mentioned offhand either by Luke or by one or the other um, people that have been there, but uh, well, I yeah. think there
1: is audio of that, Lynn. You might be able to get a hold of
2: audio. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, what what made you do the marsupial gurgle?
2: Um. So you know, I, I I have a you know, there are times where you know when I have when I kind of build up an obsession for something, um, I find interesting ways of, you know, doing it you know, having a creative outlet. So with the Wait Wait Stats page and, you know, I started, you know, when I started joining uh, and actually being semi-active in the Sten's Facebook page, um, you know, I saw, you know, questions of, hey, you know, when did this drop come from or does anyone have a, a, a copy of this for a ringtone? Um, and I think, you know, it kind of started with the actual – you know, instance of the marsupial gurgle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I started to, you know, kind of find ways to pull the show, you know, take clips and just put them on a page just right off my own website. Uh, and that just kind of grew, uh, more and more. Um, you know, and it's, you know, for me, you know, it, it gives me the opportunity to pay closer to t- attention to what, you know, what's on the show. Um and it's also humorous to see, you know, even if you take something out of context or even within context, it could be outright hilarious. I mean,
1: I can't believe we haven't already played the the drop. And that is the how the website got its name.
2: Yep. And did and you was,
0: name that? Did you coin that phrase?
2: I did not. So the um, you know, when the um sound happened when when Andrew uh made the marsupial gurgle sound, um, it was show 1583. Um, the next show, um, I think Luke got an email from a 10 um, asking, what was that sound at minute X? <laughs> uh, it, it was some type of, you know, gurgle from a marsupial cretin or whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah. And then right after that, Luke ended up coining the term marsupial gurgle.
1: It's like a noise that one of those delightful looking marsupials would make while you're taking a selfie with it and then it rips your face off.
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, you know, in, you know, that, in show 1584, when, you know, they discussed the sound, Andrew ended up, you know, trying to recreate it without, you know, without doing that well of it, but what I've noticed is that that sound actually is close to the uh, Strong bads sound when he's uh, at the beginning of the techno song. So, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, funny to have Andrew, you know, his interesting sounds have grown, you know, I think it was oh, a yeah. uh, show, you know, uh, I think it was yesterday's show, 1840, uh, when Luke was popping his knuckles. Uh. The various sounds that Andrew was uh, was making was just yeah. it was pure gold. So um, you know, I I I, I had, to had to tip my hat. that. <laughs> uh, I Not since he me. was
1: retreating from the rooftop have we heard such <laughs> sounds from Andrew.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I, I I tip my hat to Andrew for you know making TBTL history in terms of just the the most. Interesting sounds um, and, you know, giving us gold to listen to and have it as our ringtones or our notification sounds.
0: <laughs> that has to be so weird to him <laughs> to know
2: that. I, yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I hope he takes it in good stride. I, I hope he embraces it because mm-hmm. that's essentially what he's known for now. And Lynn, will that you be- and being
1: unsure of his vocabulary. Yeah,
2: exactly. Oh, that, that and being cat rolled.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, um,
2: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Lynn, will you be coming up for the Mariners game?
2: <laughs> um, unfortunately, I won't be able to. Uh, work is, uh, you know, things are going to get busy that week, um, and I think I'm on call, so that means limited travel for me.
0: It's oh, very sad.
2: Yeah, but um, I'm hoping that they're going to do the uh, the summer picnic, and i you know if they do, I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to be up there for that.
1: Okay. So, Lynn, we want to get to your favorite moment in TBTL history, and uh, it's one that I remember pretty well. It's pretty recent, actually. It was um, Luke. Luke. Uh, he was traveling for some reason during a very busy time of the year. Can you? Do you can you? Can you give us a better context for the the clip we're going to play?
2: My favorite segment, um, was when, um, Luke went to, I think it was Enterprise Car Rental to pick up a car that he had made a reservation for. And, you know, he went in there, um, there was, I guess, a line of people, none too happy. And he finds out there's no cars for him, um, to rent. And she basically kind of just goes, "Screw this! I'm out of here." But-
1: <laughs> well, let, let's not let's not spoil it. I mean, that's a good setup because let's play the clip now, and then let's talk about what happened to Luke okay. when he uh, after he goes nuts.
4: So, uh, anyway. Uh, I was trucking around town in an Uber, as I often do, Mm -hmm. but I had to get a rental car because I'm going to be going across state lines. And I made a reservation with Enterprise, and I called the guy this morning because for some reason I had a premonition. I was a little bit worried that they were going to be out of cars, Mm -hmm. um, even though I had a reservation. So I I called the guy up at this location we're driving to in the University District of Seattle. Mm -hmm. And he said... Yeah, yeah, uh, we've been running kind of low on cars, but I have them, and I'm, I'm bringing some cars over from Linwood, and just, um, it'll be fine. I said, okay, great. I said, I'm going to be there in about
5: an hour. I have a reservation. He said, sure, it'll be covered. Okay, so your reservation, your time is what, around 2 o'clock or something? No, my time was, was supposed to be at, um, uh,
4: let's see, noon, oh. so I was going to go there, get the car, then come and hang out with you uh, and do I this see. show. Uh-huh. Okay. So what happens is, I roll up in the Uber, and... There are like ten people sitting despondently in the lobby. There are no cars right. And there's a lady who a job I presume because she's wearing an enterprise vest. I think her job is to maybe like vacuum out the cars when they come back. Okay.
5: so she, her job sucks. Her job is not a fun job, you get and the she's. Coke. She vacuums out the cars Her job literally sucks I didn't want to have you continue on With your comment here yeah. Thinking that I was just saying That she has a shitty job
4: I'm glad you clarified yeah. I, I mean I'm a little bit glad you clarified You're welcome America <laughs> So This lady Who has a sucky job Literally She's just standing in the parking lot. She'll probably be there when we go back. She's standing in the parking lot with a cigarette dangling from her mouth. She looks like she just got done with two tours of duty in Vietnam. Uh She looks like she's just... Like has like she's been through something okay. because there are no cars right <laughs> right there are all these angry people who want their cars and she just wants to get the cars ready for the but there are no
5: cars so she's just standing there with her vacuum in tow and a cigarette dangling out of her mouth much like Hunter S. Thompson mm-hmm. which yeah. I – not to get too off track I just watched Where the Buffalo Roam last night starring Bill Murray and Peter Boyle based on some uh, some writings of hunter s thompson not a good movie i know it's so not as good as fear and loathing in las vegas is nothing nothing but i just wanted to comment on the hunter s thompson there for a moment so um she was a thompson-esque yes and but at first
4: i actually didn't even notice her what happened was i rolled up in the uber and i was running a little bit late to get uh, the car At that point I needed I needed as they say In Big Trouble in Little China Sean I needed crackerjack timing <laughs> Right you This need- is going to take Cracker Jack timing Wang <laughs> So I needed crackerjack timing To get the car To get down to Cairo uh-huh. To pick you up To do this show yeah, Right And there I get there And it's like The lobby as I mentioned Is just full of sad people mm-hmm. And a guy who's probably 22 years old Clean cut Enterprise rental worker Who has no cars And (laughs) I I said What's the deal on Like why aren't there Any cars here And he goes They're bringing them Over from Bellevue
5: (laughs) So I was angry About that Sure And Because they said That they were going To have a few right
4: And I had a reservation You know I mean It's like I felt like I was upholding My end of the bargain In terms of the Customer business Relationship I went online I made a reservation For a certain time I even called ahead And then I showed up There were no cars Mm -hmm. And um all these people in the lobby are super pissed because they all are trying to go on weekend trips. Right, they're, they're all, all trying to go to Portland to see that's you right. to form Livewire. Thank you. I mean, I just, we were all thinking it. <laughs> Somebody finally said it. So, I get annoyed, and this is the thing. I don't do this very often. I do not, like, I do not, like, yell at people in customer service situations because I usually am able to remember that it's not usually the person who's... Working the the register or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like they're usually not the person responsible. <clears throat> so as long as the person's being polite, the only thing that will get me really mad is if someone seems like they're just being rude for no right, reason, and
5: indignant, and just being an a hole for no reason.
4: Right, precisely. So that wasn't what this guy was doing. Okay. But so, I I'm standing there in the doorway. I have my like luggage with me, and I look, and the Uber is still idling in the parking lot, and I look at the guy. And I realize there are no cars, and the cars are coming from Bellevue, and they'll probably never be here. And I go, well, this is a pretty fucking great system. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then I, I go, so I guess the reservations just don't mean a thing here. And everybody looks up at me just kind of like... All the people that are sitting there. But they're just, like, sad. They're just, like, they've lost the will to live now. Yeah. They're just, like, sitting... They don't even really have much of a reaction. I, I felt like I was probably saying what they were all thinking. You were, at that moment, the lord of the flies. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. So... I storm out and then I get into the Uber. Uh-huh. Which makes me look like a makes me look like a weird rich person. Because <laughs> I roll up in my town car with my driver, and then I get out and I go in and I berate the staff of the Enterprise Rent A car yeah. and then I just go back out and then but then I don't know what my next move is.
5: So as quickly as you berated him, then you left. No. No. I didn't know where I was gonna go next. So you berated Waited a beat or two and then went back to the Uber? Yeah, but then I'm just sitting
4: in the car and everybody (laughs) can still see me. Everybody who's in the waiting area can just see me in the car. Did you
5: slowly roll up the tint? Was it a tinted window at least? (laughs) I think it probably was. Because you could have slowly rolled up the tinted window as you're looking out and (laughs) they just see you disappear in the car. That's right. And then I roll the other one down and I ask someone for a grape (laughs) (laughs) upon. Yeah.
4: So I'm sitting in the car and I don't know what my next move is because... I've store, I made a really theatrical exit yep. that was kind of mean to this young kid uh-huh. and now I'm just sitting in the car fuming and I, I don't want to go back in because I feel like a jerk and and again it would be really embarrassing but I don't know what to do so I call the phone number that like 800 number for enterprise mm-hmm. right and it says if you want to talk to a real person hit you know button 3 so I hit button 3 and I'm like great I'm ta- and like this, somebody answers the phone this is Brendan and I go Hey, man, I'm hoping you could help me. I'm in Seattle. I'm trying to rent a car. I get to the place. There's like 10 people in the lobby. The kid is totally overwhelmed. I have a reservation, and I just like, I'm really frustrated by this. And this, this guy is completely lost in there. Can you please move my reservation to another location where they know what the hell they're doing? And Brendan goes, yeah, I, I, you were just in here.
5: That's Brendan, the guy that you just berated. Yes, no. Because the number I had in my
4: phone, I had called this location. So even though it looked like an 800 number, it was the most recently dialed number. It just rerouted me back into the enterprise loca- enterprise wow. rental car location where I had just where I was sitting in the Uber in the parking you lot. You Just
5: berated Brendan, and now you're talking to him calmly on the phone, explaining his situation to himself. Yeah, and he says, "I can drive you to a car." <laughs> I felt like such an ass. So then what did you say? I mean, what do you, what do you say next in that situation? You're like, Brendan, I'm sorry. What do you do? I wanted to... Did uh, you get out of the car on your phone <laughs> walk up to him in real life? No,
4: I didn't. I, I wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I just said, I'm just going to go to the downtown office and see what I can work out. And, and he said, okay, no problem. He was actually totally cool about yeah. it. And then I... Um, so I did. I had the Uber guy take me down to the downtown office where I got this bitchin' Subaru Outback. This is pretty bitchin'. I like it. So I just thought, well... So I didn't rent this car from this location, but I thought we could just drive by and kind of oh, see... And just look at it. See if they're still in a state of... Oh,
5: so this is where Brendan was. Yeah,
4: Brendan's still here. Uh, You're going to see probably like the... It. I feel like is that I should. Brendan? No, that's a different lot kid. But I feel like I'm gonna go in and apologize to him. Really? Yeah, I'm not gonna. In, I gotta come in. With I'm not gonna record it because I oh, don't. Okay. No, no, I don't. Well, actually, do you think you can kind of slyly record it? Is that
5: gonna be more weird? I'll, I can hold the recorder down by my waist. Okay. Yeah, so it's not looking weird, and I'll just have it pointed towards myself. Do you think? I, here's my question: If I go in and apologize,
4: and you're, and it seems like you're recording, is that gonna wig him out more? Or should I just go in and...
5: Uh, Why don't should... I just carry it in, okay. nonchalant, and if okay. he asks, hey, are you recording me, then we punch him and run. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> plan. Okay, now I've turned the sensor up to like a million. Okay. So um, so that should... way I can hold it down near yeah, my waist.
4: Maybe, you have, just hold it kind of like here. It okay. should pick up something, okay? All right. All right, here we go.
5: All right. What do you think he's going to say? Uh, I think he's going to be really, I think he's going to accept her apology. I mean, if he's a real professional, which it sounds like he is, I think it'll be all good. It's up to you, Luke. All right, you go. Hey, dude.
4: Hi. I was the guy who kind of got freaked I got all angry earlier and, oh, okay. and then weirdly called you later. And
1: complained about me to me. To Check. you. No,
4: sorry. I just want to say I'm really sorry. Oh. I was talking to the other guy at the other location. He was like, it's the area manager's fault. They booked me in cars. So I'm sorry I freaked out. No, you're good. I about it. That, that was, was the
1: good. calmest. I got a guy thrown a middle finger and throws all his paperwork in the air and then walk out. No, really? but seriously, that wasn't cool because it's totally
4: not your fault. So I'm, no, I'm sorry. sorry. That, I'm I sorry appreciate that you. I, Thank you.
1: I really appreciate it. Did you get
3: one somewhere?
4: Yeah, I got an Outback Oh, cool! from down there. Okay. So it's, it all turned out. But thanks, For man. I'm sorry. Yeah.
3: No, you're good. You're welcome. Okay. Have a good one.
1: No to me, that clip was not only a sitcom episode. It was a good
2: Sitcom episode.
1: Yes, it got tied up. You know, that, that everyone learned something. It was. It, it wasn't like a very special episode because nobody was taking speed or or smoking dope. But but it was definitely a good sitcom episode. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think the fact that he went back to apologize uh, and had it recorded by Sean, um, I think, was the. I don't know. There was just something about that. He showed that, you know, he was quite humble after not only, you know, saying, screw you guys uh, and leaves and (laughs) sits in a Uber car for that matter. Um, (laughs) And then he goes to call uh, the 800 number, gets the same guy, not quite knowing it. And he basically just kind of goes off yet again. And then, you know, the guy goes, yeah, you were just in here, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just the entire you know the the events that um, went on. I think, and then you know him you know, going back. I, I think that just you know it makes me smile every single time I hear it. And when he uh, retold the story um, at Livewire, although I don't think he said that, he went back and had it recorded. Um, right. I think he just said, "Yeah, we, I went back there. He, I, you know, I apologized to him, and you know, I think he went a little bit more into detail of how shaken that uh, agent <laughs> was, and right. he barely could, you know, keep his hands still, and he was just sweating bullets." Um, so I think it's the combination of hearing it on TBTL and his, you know, retake on it on Livewire nailed it as my favorite segment.
1: Oh, what I, what I really like about Luke is, you know, he, he's in this entertainment business and he has meltdowns just like everyone else does, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but he, he genuinely feels bad afterwards. I've witnessed a couple of these meltdowns and he feels terrible afterwards. And don't, don't tell me some of these other douchebags. Uh, on Cairo feel terrible after oh, they make yeah. someone feel
0: terrible. I know every time he's he's done his big dog, the big dogs come out, he feels so bad. For years he keeps talking about it and yep. apologizing um, and Christy, did you have anything about that clip? Um it just reminded me of something that would happen to like a George Costanza.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's why right. it was so sitcom-y wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so like, of course he's on the phone with that guy. Of course
0: he is. <laughs> I could just see the, like, split screen, right? Of, like, Luke yeah. sitting in the car yeah, were with just, Sean were recording saying. it. And-
1: My ear is yeah. still partially chewed from ten minutes ago when you were standing in front of me.
2: <laughs> and I think the only thing that made it even more perfect was just before they actually went into that bit. I guess when Sean climbed into the car with Luke... Luke, I guess Luke made a mention that Sean was staring at his, you know, at his crotch when, you know, Luke had a stain on it, you know, on his <laughs> pants, and, and so I think that was a perfect lead up into the potential disaster of a story that mm. was about to unfold.
0: I I've done customer service where I've worked with people that are angry, and I can just see the rep like. Flipping off the phone and going, yeah, you just talk to me, jackass or something like that, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: this kid
1: seemed really nice though, yeah, he really yes. he really seemed to handle it as well as it. maybe he was just frozen, but at least he didn't snap back, right, at yeah Luke, so uh how to get involved with our show um we we've just told you, uh, Lynn just told you how to get involved with marsupial gurgle how to how to um, how to request some. Some clips, but for us, uh, you can go to our website, littleredbandwagon.com. There's a form to fill out. Please find the clip if you can, if you want to uh, get on the show like Lynn is tonight and talk about it. Uh, Facebook, you can go to the Stens or to our Facebook page and talk to us there. Uh, personal Twitters, I'm at Drew McFrizz. Uh, and Christy is at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y. I-Y-E-S, I blow that every time. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com if you have any stuff uh, outside of wanting to be on the show, if you just want to uh, sharpshoot us or tell us we're doing a good job, bad job. Voicemail, 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Uh, the Takedown Podcast this week it will feature... Uh, wedding planners. We're going to get the story of Jeremy's actual wedding. And then <laughs> one of our, our listeners, uh, Samantha in Ontario, is marrying another one of our listeners, Kevin, from Arizona. And sh- Sam has asked me to plan her wedding. So we're going to be doing that on the show this week. And what's... Going on on Nerd Out Loud. You guys are taking a week off this week. Yeah, we're both sick? sick.
0: This is the first day I've had a voice, and it sounds terrible. But no, you're doing a fantastic Tomorrow job. we are interviewing a beekeeper. Ah,
1: that's good timing. The, I know. The truck just overturned with all the bees. Millions that's, of bees. Got to get a fresh take on that. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. Okay.
1: All right. Well, that's all I have, Christy. Okay. Um, Lynn, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate
2: it. Hey, I absolutely you know, I you know, I love that you guys uh, asked me on. I'm you know, humbled to be on here and you know, I'm I'm glad to be a 10.
1: Oh, well, good job, brother. Oh, thanks. Thanks. And, uh
0: and I'll just give one more shout out. We talked about it a little bit with Lynn, but TBTL night at the Mariners Thursday, May 28th, and you can get your tickets by going to tbtl.net and there's a promo code and you get a free shirt and everyone should come out. Mike will be there.
1: Hmm, it's the first time hearing of this. <laughs> hmm, interesting.
0: Well, until in- next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed
2: it.